Hi, Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. So let's get started. Okay, everybody, I want to welcome you to the Linda Phil Show for the Charisma Podcast Network. And we are just loving this time working from our home offices, connecting with leaders all over the globe who have a message to tell and a way to help you be more productive as a spiritual professional, no matter what realm of society you find yourself plugged into with uh, the assignments that God has given you. There are things that can help speed your progress. And so we are always panning the horizon out there for authors, teachers, leaders, coaches, business people who have something worthy of sharing with you because your time is precious and we value that. So it's our aim to make these conversations hard hitting and relevant and something you can pick up, even if you're just listening on your commute, those of you that still have a commute and, um, then plug into your life. And so today I want to introduce a friend of mine, John Chisholm here in Kansas City, who is a leader here at the International House of Prayer, as well as one who has a thriving consulting business. And we're going to just unashamedly tell you right here at the beginning, he's got a brand new book called Working Relationships. And this is going to help you. You know, all those people you don't want to talk to, all those people you have problems with, you're going to get this book. You're going to listen to John today. You're going to get some kind of a download from the Lord. And you're going to go have card conversations with good results after this. Right, John? <laughs> well, I, I do. I think I think this is going to be able to help because uh, obviously difficult conversations are, are a really important skill set as it relates to healthy relationships. And, uh, and then I bring in the whole factor about EQ as well in the book. And it's very, very practical book. Now, one of the challenges is we're a little bit out ahead of it's a brand new book hasn't even gotten to Amazon yet. I'm, I'm expecting it to happen any day. Um, I keep being told soon, but I don't know if that's a biblical soon, like Jesus said, I'll be back soon. And so we don't know exactly what it's going to be, but soon it'll be, uh, it'll be online. Awesome. Well, let me just ask you, John, from the beginning, why? do we dread these hard conversations? Why do we not want to go there? I mean, it's like the worst of the worst and the dread piles up. I mean, what's in us that makes it so hard to have a hard conversation? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it's an important question because if we can start to understand the why, then we're going to be able to get more empowered and come up with some skill sets to overcome that. But they call them difficult conversations for a reason they're difficult. And so they involve negative emotion. A lot of times we're, we're talking about things that are uncomfortable. Uh, I feel at risk in it. Um, you know, in terms, I might be talking to somebody and, and, you know, my career may be involved or, you know, my marriage or my relationship with my uh, child or whatever the case may be. There's risk in the conversation. I feel that risk. There's negative emotions that come up. I got to learn how to manage them. I don't know where the conversation's going to go. And a lot of times it goes places I didn't expect it to go. And so all of those pressure points just, it's like, this doesn't feel good. Uh, and then learning how to lean into it and try and overcome those feelings or learn how to manage them. I mean, that's the thing about, I literally go all over the country and uh, my consulting practice uh, has a lot to do with like helping families and family businesses and partners in, in business models where the relationship has broken to the point where it's affecting the business model. They bring me in. And when I usually get brought in, it's because like in their mind, it's not fixable, but there's great pressure and things aren't going well. It's got to get fixed. And, and when you're in a difficult conversation, I'm a really phenomenal facilitator. 
when I'm in a difficult conversation, it's hard. And that doesn't go away just because you know all the principles. It doesn't feel good to be in a difficult conversation. Let me ask you if you agree with this. Uh, I'm thinking back to some difficult conversations I've had in my life. Maybe I had them right. Maybe I didn't even have them correctly. I haven't read the whole book yet, but I can't wait to get my hands on your worksheets. I'm a worksheet girl, and I love that there's worksheets in the back. But what my experience was, John, uh, most times that the dread and the anxiety over having the conversation was much greater than actually having the conversation and coming to a better conclusion. Is that common in your experience? Very common, very common. I mean, it's so true for most of us. Uh, and I, you know, two components. One is the whole dynamic. We don't know where it's going and I feel at risk in it. And so that's why I think having tools uh, becomes really, really important. And most of us don't have healthy models. We grew up in a home, fight or flight were the two models and neither of those two models work. Um, and so uh, that we don't have models and just the sense of, I have no idea where this is going and it doesn't feel good. The dread is worse than the experience, but some of us probably have some experience of difficult conversations gone wrong. Um, and, and then that, that lives with us a little bit. And, but that's where the book comes back and says, here's some practical tools, understanding that are going to empower you to be more effective in the conversation. You know, John, uh, I'm going to go into your personal journey just a little bit here. We've, we've seen a lot of people who might say, uh, I've had a business, I've had some success in the marketplace. And then and, uh, at some juncture, we talked to someone yesterday uh, and who has co-authored a book about leadership by the good book. And he went from a, having a very successful private equity firm, uh, venture capital firm, into ministry and created this whole Bible-based business training thing. You know, he went from marketplace into ministry. Now, I believe you did somewhat the reverse, as, as I am familiar, a little familiar with your story from over the years. And so tell me a little bit uh, about that story. Why did you take your uh, early experiences in ministry and then get aimed into the marketplace? What happened? Yeah, no, I, it's, I think it's an important question. And I mean, I, I think most of the people probably we're talking to are, are more in a business context. And so maybe some of them are in ministry, but um, I pastored for eight years within the vineyard movement and, uh, and my wife had a dream and uh, I'm going to take John back to school to learn how to become a business consultant to the nations was the phrase in the dream. And we were wrestling at the point about, Lord, exactly what, what's next. And uh, it, it, it took us by surprise. And, uh, you know, a little bit like if you're really going hard after God, you know, you're in ministry. And here's God saying, here's what I want. I want to teach you how to become a business consultant. Because the issue of influence and the issue of ministry is not confined. And I, you, you teach this all the time and, and, and are challenging everybody about, hey, you know, as, as kingdom citizens, Let's find out what our assignment is and be all in and understand that God is intimately involved in whatever we're doing. And so what's spiritual and what's secular, we got to destroy some of those mindsets that work against us being all in. The Lord said, John, I want you to move from being a pastor to be a business consultant, but ministry has not stopped in that reassignment. You know, I... I Interesting story. I just, uh, when this all happened, you know, I had a daughter who was about 13, 14 years old. We're sitting around the dinner table and, and we're just visiting as a family. I have six children. And, uh, and she said, you know, uh, dad, is it true that you're having a crisis of faith? And like for my daughter to have that phraseology, it's like, it's because I had transitioned and I was uh, being a, going into the consulting and I let go of my pastoral role. 
and uh, she was at somebody's home and they just said the only reason somebody would do that is because the crisis of faith and actually it took much faith to make the move and it was the lord's doing and it was his prompting and so I just like, but that's the world's reaction so much. Hey, crisis of faith. He's not in the ministry anymore. It's like, well, I am in the ministry, just in a completely different assignment. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a, a beautiful transition. I've watched a bit of it myself as we've had a, a times to talk over the last decade or so. But let me just ask you this. I know you are also involved with the International House of Prayer in a leadership role. And so how do you see what you're doing now connecting to that or apart from that or parallel? Like, how does that work? Yeah, for almost 25 years now, I've been consulting and I've grown a skill set as it relates to difficult conversations, as it relates to strategic planning, as it relates to coaching uh, executive leaders or whatever. And so that skill set, that experience, uh, my role right now at the International House of Prayer is like I'm the ambassador to the Russian speaking world and also uh, to Israel. Uh, you know, the International House of Prayer has relationship with the churches all over the nation. Um, and I can't tell you how much my consulting practice, uh, one, um, it gets me places. Uh, you know, it's one thing, hey, he's a pastor. It's another that, hey, he's a business leader. Doors open that probably wouldn't be open just because I was a pastor. Mm -hmm. That people are like, it's interesting you're part of the International House of Prayer, but I'd love to talk to you about your consulting skills and your, you know, that side of it. I mean, again, I had, a, I had one of the Messianic leaders in Israel I'm not here because you're from IHOP. I'm here because you have a skill set that I really need help with because my practice or my you know, ministry is growing so much and I don't know how to manage all that. Would you help me? And so I just watching the Lord, I still have pastoral skills that hasn't let go of. People are really, really important. Um, but the truth of the matter is uh, leadership is really, really important and difficult conversations. They're everywhere in the body of Christ as well as in business. Right. Uh, John, I've heard you make a couple of references to family. Um, would you zoom in on that part of our lives a moment and just give us some really practical one, two, threes? Like if we've got people listening today that are, they're all home in the same place with their family. Thank, thank you, Lord, but help, right? Um, what would be some tools people could use around the dinner table with either their spouse or their kids or maybe extended family that are with them and they're all cooped up together and things are getting a little tense. Yeah, uh, what, yeah. what can we do? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. An important question. You know, uh, marriage is God's idea. Families, God's idea of building blocks of society. Um, and so us being better at relationships, you know, as kingdom citizens, we're called to impact others. Uh, we're called to be a part of thriving communities. We're called to have healthy marriages. We're called to lead families well. Well, guess what? Difficult conversations are connected to all of that. Um, show me how you fight and I'll tell you whether the relationship will endure. Um, you know, there's some research to back that up. You know, do we, do we, when we get into disagreement, do we start ripping one another apart? And then too often, that's the only model people have is like the one that shouts the loudest or hits the hardest is going to win the argument or, hey, anytime this gets difficult, I'm out. Well, that, that's not where a healthy marriage is going to come from. And so learning how to have difficult conversations is crucial to marriage. Learning how to have difficult conversations is so necessary for trying to uh, help manage the hearts of teenagers uh, and you know, that whole dynamic. And so I, I just want to encourage you, you can improve this. You can get better at it, no matter what experience you've had and what little you may know or not know. Uh, it's like almost any muscle, you know, work it, uh, learn, practice, reach. There are practical tools. It's not rocket science. 
it's still not going to necessarily feel good, but the, the, the cost is worth it because relationships are worth it because relationships are the building blocks of life and society. And especially from a kingdom perspective, people are really important. Get good at having difficult conversations. You know, John, a saying I came across, and I don't even really know who said it first, but <clears throat> um, that has stayed with me over the past few years as thinking about these kinds of things. And it's the, the statement that you'll never be more in public than you are in private. And yeah. the fact that the way we do relationships at home has a lot to do with how genuine the conversations and relationships we're going to have in the marketplace, in the church house, in the community, in the neighborhood. And uh, I feel like one of the biggest hurdles men and women in the marketplace have had to face is trying to be perfect out there and then come coming home, vegging out on media or pizza or whatever, and just de disconnecting and then trying to gut it up to go do it again the next day. And so for that reason, a lot of our work has to do with this building the spiritual professional that's the term i've come up with that's what you are in case you and when you get those core identities uh settled in your own heart about who i'll use you john chisholm is what you bring to the table whether you're at your uh, dining table or the consulting table or the table of the nations this is the same man this is the same core identity this is the same what you get everywhere when i watch a man or a woman get hold of that truth and that reality katie bar the door once they wherever they go because they know who they are they're not spending all this time trying to prove who they are and switching hats per each role so i concentrate a lot of my energy and consulting on the core identity of the person Beautiful. Beautiful. so that they can get what they need to live fully. You know, I think if COVID-19 has done anything, sorry, I'm getting a little rail here. Go girl, go. COVID-19 has done anything, it's given people a minute to think about who they are and what matters. Good. And all those things we have in mind that all those great things people are gonna say about us at our funeral, if we're not living like that right now, I don't really think those things are gonna be said. I've told my kids I'm gonna prepare my slide presentation in advance. But <laughs> But you know, if not now, when? I mean, like, isn't it time to get it, get it straight and figure no. out what matters? So true, so true, well said. Uh, I appreciate the language. Uh, you know, again, from a, from a biblical standpoint, from a kingdom standpoint, you know, leadership is inside out, not outside in. It's tell me how well you manage your own heart. You know, that's why in my book, uh, I bring EQ into play as it relates to difficult conversations uh, and that, uh, EQ, uh, the five components of EQ, uh, empathy skills, the ability to seek to understand others, social skills, are you just uh, able to help people get friendly and comfortable around you? Do you know how to regulate your, your, your internal uh, mechanisms? Are you self-aware of what's really going on on the inside? And are you aware of the way you impact others? Self-motivation, again, I'm responsible you know, about how I use my time, my money. Like I, I want to get better at that. But the reality is I, the motivation, I'm responsible for it. It's not somebody else's job to motivate me. So those components all just talk about, again, social skills and empathy is relating well to others. But the other three, it's self-awareness, self-motivation, self-regulation. How well do you manage your own heart? And that's biblical. It's from the inside out. And if I can't manage my own heart, how am I ever going to help manage somebody else? If I'm out of touch, how am I really going to do a good job of connecting? And so, you know, you go back to practical skills like marriage and life. 
home. Like there's a phrase that's really important. It's, it's gracious candor. Um, so many people are gracious, but they don't really say what they're thinking and they avoid some of the topics. And some people can be great at candor, but how they say it isn't very healthy. It's not gracious. And the ability to be both gracious and candid, it's a skill set. And we got to work at it. We got to practice it. We got to grow in it. That is beautiful. Well, I'm sure, John, that we've got everybody salivating on how to get this book. Do you have a website where they can order it now? It's available at uh, Forerunner Bookstore. Is the only that place it's available right now. Um, but it, it shortly, it'll be on my website. I mean, johnchism.com is my website. You, you'll see it there. We're in the middle of building that all out. You know, you're, you, this is really the first interview I'm doing on the book. And so you're out ahead of it, as always, Linda. We'll make sure to let our audiences know how they can get hold of it. John, this has been so insightful. Thank you so much for coming on today and just uh, telling us what's possible uh, with difficult conversations that it's worth the effort and that there's actually light at the end of the tunnel after yeah. hard conversations are held and we get to a better understanding. And we need to honor that way, honor each other that way. So I so appreciate your work. Well, no, I think I appreciate all that you're doing, Linda. Keep up the good work. It's wonderful. All right, bless you. So glad you joined us for the Linda Field Show today. We know that you are busy and that your time is important. To help you accomplish more of the things that matter in work and life, Linda has created the Prayer Plan Your Life Productivity System. This valuable system guides you to minimize the noise that threatens your progress and make the highest and best use of your time. Come on over to lindafields.org slash ppyl to order Prayer Plan Your Life today. Get it done today. Make it matter tomorrow. See you over at lindafields.org slash ppyl.